0: the past coverage the past coverage is fairly similar on a, on a macro level to last year uh in terms of the concepts because everyone in the nfl runs the same coverages and they kind of fit the trends
1: yeah um i feel like you know when you try to bucket certain teams together group them together like this team runs this kind of defense that team runs that kind of defense the way you do that really is i think first you look at like two high versus one high usage like the global rates there because obviously there are different two high coverages different one high coverages right um and so and then from there maybe the other big global thing you look at is how often do they send pressure like how many times do they rush four versus rushing five or more um seattle this year is for the most part doing what they did last year with regard to that um last year they were one of the most you know heavy too high usage teams um they had like a rough 50 50 split and this year they're the same um they're blitzing a little bit less so they the carroll teams even before last year and the year before that even they would always hover between like well under Ken Norton jr they hovered between like 20 and 30 percent well 20 to 33 percent Chris Richard got them up to like 20 percent when um Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn were like 10 to 20 percent so like it steadily went up every year um and different reasons for that I think Chris Richard did that because he had that he realized he had the talent to play more cover one so like in 2015 16 17 he was like yeah we can just play cover three all day and they still could but he said let's play more cover one and if you're going to play cover one you get a toy around a little bit with, you know, how you send pressure, how you disguise things. You'd be mm. remiss not look, to.
0: Look how Dan Quinn's evolved in Seattle f- to make cover one basically his base coverage rather than cover three for the pressure reasons as well that you speak to.
1: Right, for sure. So and then Dan Quinn or then Ken Norton Jr. took over and then he um kind of took that same base pressure rate and ran with it a little bit. Now, of course, he's not doing it from cover one usage because they lost a lot of their defensive back talent right in the depth Coleman maybe. got paid. Coleman got paid. You know, they had Jamar Taylor at nickel. They didn't really trust him. So, but they still wanted pressure now for also they lost pass rush talent too. So they would send a lot of fire zones. Fire zone meaning uh you're rushing five instead of four and you're playing zone coverage behind it. Um and so that number would you know, be 24% one year, 28 the next, 33. Then last year it was 21. They dropped it down again. And then this year they've dropped it down even more. So there's a couple of reasons for that. One I think is that um, they like their four-man rush. That's part of it. Um, And then the the other is that um, they are not seeing the necessity And maybe this is a problem and maybe it will become more of a problem, but it's kind of juries out at the moment. They're not seeing the reason to blitz the run as much. Now you were saying, well, you're blitzing the run that wouldn't enter the sample, right? But you can blitz the run and it can be play action so that you've now blitzed a pass and that will be in the sample. So that's part of it. Um, But also they just don't feel the need to, to scheme up certain situations as much um, up front. And I think they they just trust their the, the personnel on the back on the back end, but I think that's that, the core of it there. So those are the two main things. They're kind of living in the same general world as last year. So it's the changes therein where things get interesting.
0: Yeah, to to your point about Ken Norton in twenty twenty one in particular, running a lot of midfield open, as we've said on the podcast before. True Media had them running the fourth most midfield open in the league the fourth highest percentage and SIS had that as the fifth highest percentage so this is something that they've been building towards anyway and then yeah on the on the blitz stuff they I think maybe the Buccaneers game was the first game where we were like oh they could have probably worked in some more pressures to alleviate certain issues like you know the sea gap bubble and bear uh mm-hmm. you know move the front close that um blitz into the teeth of a bootleg etc etc and maybe going forward, if they do face teams, well, I, I think not even maybe. If they face teams where they expect, you know, or see any C gap issues, teams will now know that counter. I mean, if they didn't already, which they should have done, but they'll they'll try counter from heavy, say twenty one personal I formation into the C gap bubble of Seattle's bare front, and Seattle, <laughs> as I choke because it's so disturbing to me, <laughs> Seattle uh, will need to. Close this the sea gap bubble they need to have more schematic answers so i don't think they'll repeat the issues that they had in yeah. germany where they got uh taken by surprise by the buccaneers tenancy switch up right
1: and and we'll go into with our trusty whiteboards um we'll go into like what the stock answers are for that sea gap problem when they're in their bare space fronts um yeah like what checks they have and then also where the classic fire zone that maddie's referencing here would also benefit and they like maddie you said this in the post game presser not the post game presser the post game recap and like the tape review of the bucks game they actually did throw one or two fire zones toward the end Mm -hmm. to the C gap um but again you know a little too little too late
0: and then you know as as i uh shameless plug here but as i included in my Seahawks on tape, substack article reviewing the state of the Seahawks defense via Pete, the Buccaneers game, Pete Carroll's press conference where I got to ask him some questions. And then a Jordan Brooks mic'd up segment. Seattle ran against the Giants a two deep four under fire zone out of Bear to kind of, because they're worried about kind of, they're more worried going into that Giants game about kind of gap stuff. They actually didn't get the kind of counter runs, I think, that were to be expected, but they had a few more schematic tools for dealing with that approach than they did against Tampa Bay. So.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is not as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
0: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Similar to last season, and it seems like Seattle started awful on defense for quite a while. But Seattle started really bad on defense. Then they made some adjustments, which we'll get to, and then they're back. Right? They're they're playing good defense. The Germany game is weird, but they still only gave up three touchdowns, and one of those there was offensive pass interference. Let's call it now. Um, they waved that off bizarrely, so it wasn't too bad scoring points wise. And I think really that's a kind of a freaky game where they just got caught out coaching wise, and it wasn't right. the same issues. But it was actually like, rather than start the season where you're like, they just cannot play. They're not executing. Mm -hmm. They're just playing bad. This was more of, uh, oh, you know, hats off to the Tampa Bay staff. Left, which has called a great game here. This is a fantastic game plan. They had enough good plays schematically to get it done, along with, you know, execution being there as well. So, Drift, this turnaround, what what does the data say?
1: Yeah. So, very similar last year and eerie in that the turnaround, the statistical turnaround anyway, occurred in week six. So the first five games of the season were awful. Last year they were like last year they were like 26th in efficiency, the first five games. And then this year they were literally, I think, dead last or second to last. And then from weeks six to Ten last year. So then the the six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The five games following, they were like seventh or eighth in total efficiency. And then this year, they're the same split. They're fifth in EPA per play, total efficiency. So they were they were even worse to start the year this year than they were to start the year last year. Then they're even better in the in the the five weeks following compared to. Uh, the five weeks following last year so it's kind of a weird inversion but the theme is the same started bad and then you get really good and this year they've gotten even better than they got last year at this through to this point of the season um so yeah standing right now they're fifth in total epa per play second in success rate. these stats are from um our rbsdm.com uh, ben baldwin's site it's a really good resource um they're eighth in epa per drop back fifth yes, in seems- drop since week since, six, yeah. since week six and the reason why i'm choosing this is because like they were as bad as bad can be i'm not saying like don't look at the total sample i'm only saying this is where the theme picks up so well well also griff,
0: griff more than that we, i have it on very good authority that week six is when the change happens which will get right. to the change.
1: exactly yeah <laughs> so eighth in epa per drop back fifth and drop back success rate And then fourth in EPA per rush and first in rush success rate, meaning the opposing success rate is is 32nd of the league. So for the defenses, you flip it first, right? So um, it's like it it mirrors last year. Um, And then if you break it down by down, so last year, even like from week six on through the whole season, um, week six through 17, 18, whatever, um, they on first downs um, they were they were top 10 v- versus the rush the rush, the run in EPA and success rate and then they were like eighth against the pass. So there was kind of this thing going ar- around where Seattle was bad on early downs and then just really good on third downs but really they were good on first downs they were mildly above average on third downs and then horrible on second downs. Um, and that idea came from well if it's second and five, And you you can, you defend the second and third levels really well, but you don't defend the first level really well. And you play your same scheme that you did on first and 10, then the check down is going to convert a first down every time or close enough to it. Right. And your, your efficiency is going to be horrible, but if you can survive second down, the chances of them converting on you in third down is poor. And if it does, then it's like the same proposition over again. So that's why those long drives were sustained against them. Um, They have the same themes over this period, this since week six figure split period, where they're amazing on first downs, they're mildly above average on third downs, and they're not as good on second downs. However, they're still like 10th on second downs. So while they're not like, I think they're like third in total efficiency on first downs right now, that still falls to 10th. It still suggests they have the same kind of issue, but you still will take 10th over literally bottom five last year right um so that's why i feel like this bucks game isn't um isn't as much of a isn't as much of like a breakdown game as that cardinals game was last year after that packers game last year because their numbers on each down are good and it's not just one thing carrying them it's like they're just kind of good everywhere at the moment so things are bound to catch up Um, and again like you said like that bucks game lapse was really the way that they lost it it's really not something that they're going to see again, where a team just 180s their philosophy and scheme on you. Um, so like, that's like, cause again, like when we broke it down, they defended well, but they expected. So theoretically, if they get a beat on what teams do, they're going to defend them well. Like they, they defended the Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady on it well in the areas of scheme that they expected to see, right? It's like, there's commentary there.